Welcome to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with your host, John Hewlin. So excited to have you guys here today because we are diving deep into my conversation with Juliet Hahn. This is part two of that conversation. Be sure to go back and catch part one of my conversation with her so you can get caught up and be ready for the amazing information that's going to be coming through today. Juliet is the CCO of FET Tech. She's also a podcast host, a storyteller, speaker, wife, mom, and all around amazing lady. And I can't wait for you guys to get to know her better. So thanks for tuning in today. Welcome to the show. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world, representing many disciplines, about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. You know what? People remember it, though. Yes, it, it is. It, right. It is. It yeah. Is. Believe it or not, my very unique last name, johnhewland.com. Someone grabbed it years ago, mm-hmm. does not use it. That's Juliet Hahn. <laughs> at all. And I, I've tried to reach out to this person. Haven't heard back. Mm-mm. Nothing. So, yeah, I get no. it. I yeah. totally get so, it. So that's why I am Juliet Hahn. Um, but then you can find it there or all the podcast players. And then my newest one where we're just on episodes and we do interview. So YNS Live, we interview the women. I should say that we interview the women, the spouses, and then Pivot, which is a series within it, is players and families. Like as they transition out, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. Where were you? What what job did you get afterwards? Right? What skill set did you have? What were your steps? Was there depression? And we've had like we've had Holly Robinson Pete on, we've had Ricky Waters mm-hmm. on, and we've had some really big, big names. Um, and then also just players that have been in the league a couple years, you know, younger players that are just coming out. So it's, it's a really big community. And that, one of the things I want to say is like, cause people, again, everyone has their opinions about the NFL or, or professional athletes and throw all that away because it really is, this is one of the most giving, amazing group of people and the most caring every time I'm there, the energy of love is infectious. I mean, they've just taken me in. It's like been every time I see them now, they're like, Oh, we're so happy to see you. You know, what are you doing now? Tell the family. And they haven't even met my family and and they truly (laughs) care. Do you know what I mean? They truly care. Held Montgomery, Truman and Penelope because I've talked about them. So they like heard it and they really, truly care. We stay connected on social media and it's, it's just a real, that's a really beautiful thing. And Cynthia is just an amazing woman. Um, and what she's doing to connect and and really just keep people relevant and help them go to that next kind of level, that next stop. What yeah. is your next thing? You're not going to be playing all the time. And, you know, a lot of them don't make that money. So then word blindness, I gave you a little bit of that. So Brent Sopel, who's my uh, co-host, mm-hmm. I, I was asked to interview him for a show that is coming out, I think, in January. And when he told me about the and and one of the reasons why the person that was the producer and the founder of this, the show. And I can't tell it because whatever, I'm, I'm not allowed no, to no. talk about it. I understand. Yeah. He was like, I want you to interview this hockey player. He's dyslexic. And and he had, um he had drug addiction and, and now he's fine. I mean, he's seven years sober and alcohol and drug addiction. But Good. when he got out of the league, he was in the league for 18 years. Mm-hmm. He was not diagnosed with dyslexia until he was 32. 
when he was in the league because his daughter was in second grade and was going through it. He basically uh, was told his whole life that he was just a dumb athlete and mm. was pushed through the Canadian school system. So that's familiar. Yeah, it did a very big number on him. And again, he was like, I don't, I, he, every game he broke a bone, he played till the end because he didn't want someone else to take his spot because he knew when he got out into the real world, he wasn't going to get a job. He was panicked. Mm. So every day he lived that way. So we talk a lot. It's, this is our newest podcast. Again, it's called Word Blindness, Dyslexia Exposed. And it is my passion beyond right now. Danielle, who's the founder of Fat Tech, was just one of our guests for um, mm. Dyslexic Awareness Month, October. We did, um, a, we interviewed. So it's a lot of solo, or him and I shows. Mm -hmm. And then we yeah. will have like once a month a guest. But for October, we had a guest the whole time. And it was, it's some of one of some of my best work, I have to say, and it's some of my biggest passion right now because my oldest is dyslexic. As I said, my dad, my sister, ne nieces, nephews, dyslexia is one in five. It's hereditary. And mm. it is not is not known and talked about autism. There's a foundation. There's one, you know, like a hub. They have a headquarters. Dyslexia, there's all of these little places and it's it's kind of a hodgepodge of everything. And People maybe are raising awareness, but they're not doing anything. No one's doing mm. anything to make a change in it. And that's what his foundation, the Brent Sopel Foundation, is about. But it's also what our podcast is. Um, we really talk vulnerable. There's a lot of vulnerable moments. We really dive deep into mm -hmm. our own stories. Um, some uncomfortable things that I am like, oh, I thought I was over that. Okay, I'm sweating a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then when we have guests, I mean, we've had two guests, super successful, an inventor, uh, a, a former model. And then again, Danielle, someone else that's running a dyslexic program in a university. Two of them, it was the first time they really ever spoke out loud in a forum like this. So you can mm. imagine the the context and the conversation. So that yeah. is an awesome. And from there, we really, we were going to start doing panel discussions with the people that we've had on to really just get this going and and really mm -hmm. make against. And, and the way things can change. And the way we can make a difference is the education part. It's about getting kids neuropsych. It's about finding out early if you're struggling in school, because we say there's no such thing as a class clown or a bully. And there's no kindergartner that wakes up and is five and is like, I want to struggle in school today. And I'm going to be a jerk and pick on people and I'm going to get in trouble. There's something behind it. And if we yeah. can find out what's behind it early, that kid is going to be saved. So we're all about self-esteem. We're all about finding your strengths and weaknesses and knowing them. And it's okay to have weaknesses and being okay with your weaknesses and then really kind of tapping into those the, the strengths. And public school is a tough place because they don't know how to do that. They focus on those weaknesses and they drill them in your head every day to tell you how much you suck at things. And um, and that, so that's, that's a beautiful, again, it's word blindness, dyslexia exposed. And you can find that again on all the podcast players. And that's where on episode 11 just came out. Gotcha. Okay. And how often does that one come out? Every week. So that's, that's a weekly, weekly one too. So yeah, YNS yeah. live, that's more of a monthly. And then okay. your next stop is weekly as well. Yeah. You know, as you were talking about YNS live and, uh, these, these players, but specifically the player players, families, mm -hmm. I've had at least two uh, former NFL players mm -hmm. on, on the podcast, uh, one of whom, uh, Tony Mandarich. Mm -hmm. He was the number two overall draft pick in 1989. Yep. And uh, Tony won't mind me saying this because it is said about him and he has said it before. He's considered one of the biggest busts ever. 
mm. in the NFL. And it has nothing to do with his playing ability. It's because when he was in college, you know, he was on he was on steroids and he knew when he got into the NFL, the testing was much stricter than it was in college. So he got off of steroids. Well, he got hurt right away and he got addicted to painkillers. Yeah. And he is now 27 years sober. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. And by the way, he has turned into a phenomenal photographer. Mm hmm. But one of the things that, that I talk to folks who come on, it's not just former professional athletes or I've, I've had three, four, four uh, former, actually one who's a current Olympian mm -hmm. on the show. I talk to a lot of them about transitions. I've had, uh, I just interviewed a retired Navy SEAL. I've, yep. I've had a, a retired two-star admiral on the show. And I, I talk to everybody about those transitions. And what that's like, because if you've never lived in that high profile kind of life, you don't really know what that's like. But what I'm trying to show everybody else is, you know what, they struggle with a lot of the same things that the rest of us do. And we all have transitions in life. It's how we progress through them, how we work through that, that makes the difference. And so I'm always amazed at talking with some of these folks. It's like, yeah, you know, I I knew ahead of time this was coming. And so I started planning ahead for things and I, you know, doing all these different things to get ready for it. He says, but you know, I had some friends who who didn't prepare ahead, or even the ones who prepared ahead, they weren't able to adjust because well, as an example, and I know you've talked to, you know, former athletes before, for a lot of them, the hardest part is they don't always have somebody cheering. They don't have someone telling them exactly what to do, do and when to when. do it. You know, they're always on a very regimented schedule. And then all of a sudden, you're not. And certainly, that's true in the realm of uh, the physical fitness. So that plays into it. And then there's the whole mental side of it that goes into it. You know, I'm, I'm pushing hard. I'm studying. I'm doing all these things. And now I'm not. They just kind of feel lethargic. It's it's that routine. I mean, because that's what Brent said. He's like, I was told where to be and, and when for 40 mm -hmm. years. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid and then all of a sudden it's like, OK, see you. Figure this out. Yeah. And, he was and like, you're the best in the world at what you do. You're the top one percent of anybody 100%. who's ever done that thing ever. And And that's what breaks my heart, that there's not enough support for players after. So there is a company called Athlife. John Harris, I've interviewed him and he has a company that actually helps either go back to school, find a trade and do all these things because mm -hmm. he saw that need. He worked uh, in player development when he first was out of school and um, and he's doing beautiful things, but not everyone knows. And sometimes you're embarrassed, right? Players don't want to go course. ask for help. They don't want to ask for help because they're no. proud. And so it's it, it actually like hits me in the gut feeling for them because, and then if you don't have a supportive spouse, right? Your spouse is not supportive and they're like, well, just get up and do it. That's when like a lot of shit happens. Excuse my language, but yeah. True. You know, it's it's interesting. There's kind of like the the good side, bad side to being the professional athlete. You know, go back in time a little bit to like when I was a kid, there was no such thing as a full-time professional athlete in any field. You weren't. Mm. I mean, I think about the football players for sure. I mean, they played football and then they had jobs, other jobs in the offseason. All of them did. That's just what they did. And so, yeah, so I think a lot of them were better prepared for life 
after football because they were learning skills in their off seasons. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, not that college degrees are the be all end all. I do not believe that because right. not everybody is supposed to go to college. I mean, just not. But at least there's that for some of them to fall back on, which I want to brag on Tony again, by the way, because uh, Tony left before he graduated. He went into the NFL. He just got his degree in that's the last amazing. few months, oh, all these amazing. years later. And yeah, one of the huge. people who helped him get to that point, uh, it was a she was a doctoral candidate that was kind of helping him through the process. Uh, Dr. Uh, Amanda Allard, she's since gained her Ph.D., um, she's actually going to be coming on the show oh, really great. soon. So kind of a cool connection there. And, and no, it is, it is that, a cool connection. Uh, lifelong yeah. dream of his happened. It happened. Well, that's the thing. So, and, and, and I know we want to wrap up with the questions, but in certain leagues, like football, a lot of the guys play a couple, you know, I mean, they, they go to college for a couple years then they get drafted. Right. Yeah. But in the NHL, you're yeah. drafted at like 16, 17. Right. So they don't have any, like, it's like you, they have nothing to fall back on. It's getting better now. But when Brent was in the league, it was like, you know, and that I kind of want to say shame on leagues for that. Like you're using these men and then being yes. like, OK, you're done. And not then making sure that they then have a successful life afterwards. And I I have a huge problem with that. I really do. And I think that, that yeah. that's. But again, there's so many things. Education, you know, I go down a list of people I want to have a chat with. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this podcast, and, and you've talked about it before, about the connection side, it, we are definitely all about relationships, because it is my long held belief, Juliet, that if we want to be great in business, it starts at home. Mm-hmm. If we don't have great relationships at home, the challenges we have, they follow us everywhere we go. They just do. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask you this. What are you doing right now to improve or to make better your most significant relationships at home? And what impact do those relationships have on your business? Yeah, I mean, I think communication, keeping things open, communication is a such an important thing. But not I I read something somewhere and I was like, oh, I like that because I'm all about like, if you have a problem, let's communicate it. Don't hold it on. Don't become resentful. That's the problems. If there's something wrong, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. The person that you're communicating to, you have to make sure they're processing it. So communication is really a two-way street. It's not just, okay, I've said this. Now I feel good. I communicated. I should be the one that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm right, right? I mean, this is not my relationship, but I've heard this from people. I'm like, well, wait, did your partner like receptive? Were they receptive to what you were saying? And did they process it and understand? And so that I think is a main thing. And, And when, I mean, people that know that have families, when you have someone in your house that's going through something and you're an empath, like myself or others, it affects everything. So like having the open communications, being there, you know, stopping, hey, do you need me? Like, I know I'm working. I know I'm doing all these different things, but you're still the most important person in my life. And if you need me, I will be there. I think is really important. Telling your people that in your house, how much you love them and how, you know, the things that you love about them, um, I think is really important. For sure. For sure. What's your definition of success? Happiness. Okay. Then that begs a different question. What's happiness to Juliet? Happiness is clear. I mean, I'm obviously, I'm a happy person. I am I'm very positive. Uh, but when I am the happiest is when things flow. 
right? There's like, okay. and, and life doesn't always, you always hit these things, but when you can clearly not be spinning and we all go again, like I could have months where I'm like, woohoo. And then I can have a month where I'm spinning and I'm like frustrated. I'm trying to figure things out and, you know, I'm in a bad mood. I'm waking up, you know, feeling frustrated. But the way I get myself out of that is really kind of self-reflecting and seeing what I need to change, where I need to go. I will, you know, walk. I, if people know if they've heard my stuff. I walk is when I need to like really come up with, that's when I come up with my, my best ideas. So if mm -hmm. I'm feeling stuck, I need to go, go walk. You know, I don't meditate by sitting down. I meditate by moving. So okay. happiness is just having that flow of like, okay, all my people are okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're all healthy and and in good spots in their life. Yeah. I, you know, whether that's business, family, whatever, but when it's everything like that, and again, it doesn't always line up like that, but when it does, it's like, okay, I'm on the right path. What I'm doing is right. And I just need to keep moving forward. Have you considered writing a book? That's so funny <laughs> that you just asked me. I've had people ask me that. <laughs> now, as a dyslexic, when you ask me that, the first thing I laugh and I say, oh, God, no. <laughs> um, however, I, so I'm really good at obviously speaking. What right. All the stuff that I just said here, mm -hmm. I cannot translate that onto paper. So I have to, but again, now we have voice notes, right? Which is right. what I, I do. So I have been asked to write some articles recently and I have done that. I wouldn't say that, on a bucket list that writing a book is on it, but I would not ever say, no, I would never do that. If that makes sense. It's not a goal of mine, okay. uh, but it is something that um, has come across my lap in the last year more than, more than I know it should. And that means, mm -hmm. wait, you need to think about that. That's come up a lot. Why don't you explore that a little bit, but it's not the right time now. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> But I, so I'm not going to say no. Okay. Well, I have, I have other reasons why I'm asking for off the record. So. Interesting. Okay. We'll just, we'll leave it at that until we stop recording. How's that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Great. What would you say? Cause you, you mentioned the walking that there's you, when there's time, when you need to process, you need to walk. Do you have something else? that's like your number one daily habits. It's, I've got to do this thing every day. Yes. So. I mean, I, so I walk my dogs every day, rain, okay. sleet, snow, whatever. Um, but I also am active. I mean, I do wake up and I do uh, move my body in some sort. And I've just recently in my older life, uh, I've been having people my probably the last 30 years tell me, I think you need to take up yoga. You've got a lot of energy. And I would always be like, no, no, no. I like heavy lifting. I like going to the gym and doing like the boot camps and the fast and the hard and the move. But in April, I was having some hormone stuff. I am approaching 50 this year. And uh, I said, you know what? Let me uh, give this embrace it. Embrace oh, yeah. It. No, totally. No, I'm getting better with age. I'm, I'm in every aspect. I really am. But I was having some little bit of hormonal where I was like, okay, wait, something's going on in my brain here. I was like, I need to really focus. And what can I do? Um, and one mm -hmm. of the things if I, I'm the type of person, if something, if I complain about something once or twice and I don't change it, there's a problem. So like I, my, my family knows, like you cannot complain about something for six months and not, and not make an effort to change it. I don't want to hear mm. about it. <laughs> <Don't> figure <laughs> it out. I will listen to you. We can talk things through for a little bit, but once it's like, you're not doing anything about it. I have no patience, no patience mm. for it, business and anything. So it was probably a month and a half. And I was like, okay, everything I'm doing is not working. I'm going to try hot yoga. And I became obsessed. I was actually going like 
10 times a week. <laughs> Holy cow. That's a lot. Well, I'm all or nothing. I'm all or nothing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I go five days a week, but that, and I do like a boot camp one day a week. Um, but I walk my dogs like two and a half miles every day. Okay. There you and go. And if I miss it, it's really rare and they are really pissed off. I have boxers. <laughs> <laughs> so you have big dogs. I do. And they can, they will do things that they, like I've had bras eaten up. I'm like, where's my bra? And the dog's chewing it because um, he was pissed at me. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that just happened the other day. That's why that came to mind. But yeah. Sure, uh, sure. So if they don't get their walk, they can be a little naughty. Um, but I also really <laughs> enjoy it. Like that is one of, that's one of my favorite things to do. Gotcha. What would you say makes a great leader or stated another way? What, what are some character traits of a great leader? I think someone that is driven, but fair. I think someone that is kind, but knows when not to get, you know, when, when it's not walked on. I -hmm. think someone that is inspiring in uh, a very positive, like positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone that's opened that doesn't close themselves off and can listen to a couple different sides of things. Um, is willing to brainstorm and hear others' opinions, even if it maybe is completely opposite of what they thought, but is is open to that. Uh, I think that is what makes a great leader and a hard worker. And a hard worker meaning not a workaholic. Okay. Like someone that, if I say to someone, if someone says, can you get this done? I will get it done. Like even if I like have overdone too many things, like in my life, there's times where I'm like, oh wait, I took too much off my, my too much on my plate. I would mm-hmm. never be like, hey, I'm sorry. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I think that in a leader is something that's really important. Someone that follows through with what they say they're going to do. Sure. And just doesn't, you know, blow smoke. Outside of the athletic side, what are some things that you're doing to invest in yourself right now? Uh, Conversations. I mean, again, just networking, meeting with people that maybe I wouldn't always think that like, hey, this person wants to introduce me to someone because they think they're, yeah, I can jump on a call for 20 minutes and see. Keeping myself open, being curious. Being curious, I think, is one of the number one things that is important in life is staying curious and not shutting yourself off, staying open to what possibilities are out there for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, I believe in God, but whether you believe in God or the universe, like again, the book thing, right? That's come across my plate like six times this year. I'm like, okay, I hear you. I'm not pushing mm-hmm. it away. I hear you. And mm-hmm. and doing that. And a lot of people, I think, get stuck in life because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of what someone else is going to think. They're afraid mm-hmm. that they're not good enough. So they don't ever explore some of their curiosity. And that's when people get stuck. And um, and that's it. And I, 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 that makes me sad. For sure. Since you happen to mention the faith aspect more than once today, let me ask this. What impact would you say your faith has on your business? That's interesting. Um, I don't know that. I don't think anyone's ever stumped me. Um, <laughs> maybe sit and think. It's interesting. I find it so intertwined that I don't know that I can see two different parts of it. I think faith has always been something. I've always believed in something bigger. I've always believed that I was going to do something bigger than I ever thought. I never knew what it was, but I always had this knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I just kept moving forward and, and not let life smush me too much that I can achieve greatness. And so I I believe that's faith, but so I can't say like, if I didn't have that, where would I be? I don't know. Okay. 
I don't know if I answered that. <laughs> you did. Uh, consider it a question to ponder beyond this. Mm -hmm. And again, I always have reasons for asking what I do. So love it. And I can I can fill you in in a little bit. All right, we're coming up to wrap up time. But before we get there, uh, remind everybody how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, so my website, I am Juliet, and that's J-U-L-I-E-T-H-A-H-N.com. And it's M-A-M, -M, not the letter M. Uh, I am Juliet Hahn is, is the best place. And you can find my all, all the socials. That's what all my socials are. Or like LinkedIn is Juliet Hahn. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right, well, we're coming up to our final four. There's four quick questions. Tell me the first thing pops in your head. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. First one. Why did God create Juliet? To bring joy and light into people's lives. All right, dig it. Number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? <laughs> I'm not reading anything at the moment. Um, listening to, I mean, I listen to so many different podcasts. I read so many different articles. Right now, a lot of it okay. is science-based. Um, sure. And it's, you know, and marketing and and research for the new job that I'm doing. But I can't mm -hmm. give you like a specific. I mean, one of my favorite books that I always go back to is more of like a mother's memoir. And mm -hmm. I'm going to forget the name. And I can't believe I'm blanking on the name. But uh, Katrina Kensnick is the author. And she is it's it's like a beautiful memoir. And I go back. I listen I like listen to that book because I don't read it. I listen to most of sure. my stuff. But that that is one that I go back to kind of center myself. Okay. And folks, don't worry. We'll find out the name of the book. And we'll put it in the show notes for you. So don't sweat that. And I was going to look it up. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for fun? Fun. I mean, hanging out with my family, uh, going on a boat, uh, boats, beach, water, anything with water is really also another one of my happy places. I feel very mm. centered there. Um, just good family time is uh, being around my kids and my husband and, you know, and my dogs. They really just bring light to me. Love that. What are you most grateful for? I'm grateful for the heart and the mind God gave me and the people that are in my life. Mm, I love that. I love that. Last one, since you mentioned that you check out several podcasts, what's your favorite top couple? What do you love listening to <laughs> when you listen to podcasts? So, I, you know, what? It, it's, it goes on like a different loop. And again, okay. it's, it depends on the mood. It depends on what, but um, Jay Glazer has Unstoppable, which is a mental health, but he's in like the NFL world. If you don't yes. know Jay, he's, he's mm -hmm. got some interesting, I've met him and he's, he does some really cool things in the mental health. Um, I re just recently started listening to other dyslexic podcasts because I'm interested in those, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that they're like in any specific one that I'm like, wait, I really like that. Um, okay. I used to listen to a lot of Brene Brown. She, mm -hmm. oh, and a lot of her books I really liked, you know, five, 10 years ago, if you asked me, I did all like those self like help just for my clients. I would like listen and read to all of those. Mm -hmm. um, but I do feel like I'm in a different space right now because my daughter is a huge reader and, oh, okay. um, which is really funny though. Cause I say to God, like, okay, I'm dyslexic and you, my, my children are all extremes and my daughter, that's how you connect. She's an athlete. She's amazing but she doesn't want to talk about that. She wants to talk about the books she's reading. So I have recently gotten into a lot of YA novels. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I just finished um, uh, a ton of them. And I again, I'm like, she would be so disappointed because I have to, I'm going to look this up because it's going to bother me that I don't know the name. Um, mm -hmm. And she, again, would be like, I can't believe it, but I read all of it. So imagine me, uh, Tara Mafia, I'm saying her name wrong. It is mm -hmm. the Imagine Me series. Believe me, um, defy me, restore me. I mm. mean, 
I would, I, in their hour, they're like 30, I, they're so long, but I like literally on my dog walks. And so that's what she and I really connected on. Okay. Um, and I loved, I loved that we were able to do that, but she, the, that series, the imagine me kind of define okay. me series is really, well, good. let me, let me make a recommendation for a YA book for the two of you to okay. read together that I could almost guarantee you neither one of you have read. Okay. It was written by a friend of mine. Okay. It's called The Elixir Project, E-L-I-X-I-R, The Elixir Project. Is it, is it a love story? It's actually not, no. Oh, because I was going to say, I feel like there's one that she told me and it was an Elixir Project and it was a love story. So I was No, like, no, no, no. This is a, no, definitely not a love story. <laughs> it's not <laughs> bad. It's just, it, it's not that realm. So. Right, right, right. But uh, I'll, I'll fill you in on that one too here in just a minute. But okay. uh Juliet, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your heart and more about who you are, your journey that you've been on. I've known other folks who have been dyslexic, but they certainly haven't been as open as you have been about their journeys. And so you've really kind of opened my eyes and I feel like I understand these other folks much better now mm -hmm. than I did before. And so I feel like I have a little bit of a vocabulary now. I can go back to these folks and I can talk to them. It's like, hey, now I think I understand a little better what's been happening with you. And so now I feel like there are things I know I can do to better support, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Ask me any questions too, like another time, anytime. Yeah. I mean, it, it is really close to my heart. Obviously, I've lived it, breathed it, had, you know, family from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. that have uh you know been diagnosed been diagnosed have not been diagnosed didn't realize until later in life you know there's a lot of trauma and shame that can come with it but then there's a lot of beautiful things once you've gotten to that other side and accept this is what i have i mean i've been in meetings with this new company where i've had to read things and like i've messed up and then i like first or second start to panic and then i'm like no i'm like you know what i apologize i'm dyslexic i'm going to pause myself for a second and then just look this over before I read it out loud. And they're like, oh, oh, thanks for telling us that. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And I really never was, but didn't always understand it because I wasn't diagnosed until later in life. But yeah. so that's what I want anyone that's listening to this that knows someone dyslexic or is dyslexic, talk about it. Like it is talked about in our house. Like it is something that we say, yeah, that, that actually I probably did that because of my dyslexia. And it's okay. It doesn't define us. But it is, and some people will be like labels. It, it doesn't have to be a negative label. It is, it is who we are. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So thank you for sharing more of you and who you are. And I can't wait to talk to you a little further into the future about the great things you're doing at Fet Tech. Because I know that a lot of it you can't talk about right now, but I'm really looking forward to when you can. Oh, I can't wait. It's so <laughs> hard not to. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And so you're a... Uh, your employer would be very thrilled with you that you did not share. So <laughs> very much. So well, thanks thank for you, being John. here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. And thanks to all of you for tuning in today because you have shared your most precious resource with us. And that's your time because I know you can't get it back. So thanks for investing that time with us today. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.